0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Mr. and Mrs. North America and all the ships at sea. This is Philip Terzian, literary editor of the Weekly Standard, with my weekly podcast on the Books and Arts section of the Weekly Standard. And this week we are looking at the issue dated December twenty second, 2014. And the lead piece uh, in our section... Is has an arresting title, which um, will probably throw you off a little bit, but I couldn't resist it. It's called Philosophy in a Clown Suit, An Unexpected Key to Understanding Culture. The author of the review is Paul Cantor, distinguished professor of English at the University of Virginia, a um, Shakespeare scholar, a scholar of American popular culture, author of a, a fascinating book about the Simpsons in American culture. But the book he's reviewing is a, uh, a volume from the University of Chicago Press entitled The Philosophy Between the Lines, The Lost History of Esoteric Writing, and the author is Arthur M. Meltzer. It's, um, this is one of those um, uh, ever so slightly arcane philosophical subjects which seems uh, off-putting to the naked eye, but when you start reading about it in Paul Cantor's piece, it becomes absolutely fascinating. What it pertains to is esoteric writing, which is a, 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 a school, one might say, of, of discourse that grew out of what is a, something that actually seems quite obvious in retrospect, namely if you were a philosopher, if you were a thinker in the 16th, 17th, 18th century and you were writing in a country that had no First Amendment to its constitution, if it had a constitution, how do you write what you want to say and what you really believe and and how can you be true to yourself and to your principles and ideals and remain out of prison and with your head still attached to your shoulders um, you can be like Montaigne I suppose and retreat to your attic study and write um, and allow posterity to appreciate what you've said but in fact um, philosophers developed a system of what's called esoteric writing which was kind of writing in code in effect they they would write um, in ways that would Please, or at least not offend the powers that be, but often by taking uh, an entirely paradoxical point of view. They would say one thing when you r- discerned by one sign or another that they actually believed exactly the opposite. There are a million examples of this, and very famous names um, uh, practiced esoteric writing, and it's really an interesting um uh, for me, it was a, something of a revelation. Um, but it also, um, in in so doing, it produced certain modes of writing, especially with irony and paradox that have become second nature to us now. But the original reason for it was because, uh, well, it was frankly dangerous to say what you really thought, and so philosophers and political thinkers and others had to think of ways to say what they wanted to say that, uh, in, a, in a kind of intellectual code that could be understood but not get them into trouble. So I very much recommend Philosophy in a Clown Suit by Paul Cantor. That is followed by a delightful essay by Abigail Lavin, a um, young woman um, now living and working in Los Angeles, used to work here at the Weekly Standard, um, but who lived in China for some years recently in business. And it's an interesting book um, by an author named Eden Collinsworth entitled I Stand Corrected, how teaching manners in China became its own unforgettable lesson. Eden Collinsworth was one of those people who earn a living by instructing diplomats and businessmen and others um, how to get along in China um, if you want to. Um, not step on toes and want to be fully understood the sort of signals and hand signals and in in effect the kind of the kind of esoteric writing for for doing um, business with the People's Republic of well with Chinese culture really generally Um, and it's a very interesting and amusing and instructive book and um, Abby Lavin who um, as I say lived in China for some years and was herself a a young businesswoman uh, knows her way around um, uh, uh, Chinese um, uh, language and um, interpretation and translation and mistranslation and how to be understood and how to avoid being misunderstood so it's a very funny uh, but instructive and interesting piece that is followed by a, a review essay by Eli Lehrer of the collected poems of Mark Strand, which has just been published by Knopf. Mark Strand um, just died this past month at the age of 80, and um, by the usual measure of such things, he's one of our better-known modern poets. He was the poet laureate, poetry consultant at the Library of Congress. He's the winner of the Pulitzer Prize, uh, Mark Strand in his uh, long career um, uh, acquired all the usual um, signposts of success and, and recognition, but Eli Lehrer makes the point that um, he was also a very uh, profound and uh, wide-ranging and successful writer who wrote in prose as well as poetry um, but the review is largely about his last, um, I suppose his last, certainly his current, his collected poems. Um, so it acts as a pretty good summary of his poetic career. And um, Strand is a, a poet of, 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 I call the piece poet of understatement, um, but he's a very controlled, controlled, um, uh, Quiet and yet very effective and forceful voice uh, uh, in in explaining and describing um, very common human emotions. A very distinguished poet, a man who I had the privilege of meeting a few times at the Sewanee Writers Conference in Tennessee, died in November and gets, I think, a very good summary essay in our pages by Eli Lehrer. That is followed by an interesting um, review of an exhibition um, at the National Gallery of Art in Washington. The author of the piece is Eve Tushnet, who frequently writes on exhibitions and museum shows for us. And this is a a museum show at the National Gallery of um, uh, uh, paintings by El Greco that are in um, the um, possession of museums and collectors in the Washington area uh, most of them obviously are in museums but if you have a taste for it's it's a small um, show, only one large room, um, but has um, a number of, of El Greco's better known works, The Repentance, St. Peter's um, St. Francis receiving the Stigmata um, uh, and others and um, it's a it's a a, a very um, arresting show of of course the great painter um, uh, whose name was um, actually Domenicos Theodocopoulos, but known in Italy where he lived as El Greco or the Greek, um, whose wonderfully stylized uh, portraits and paintings are here collected in one very, very Um, arresting um, uh, show, which if you're in Washington this winter sometime um, I strongly urge you to see. Elizabeth Powers, who (coughs) frequently writes about fiction for me reviews a British novel entitled Closed Doors by Lisa O'Donnell, which is a um, uh, it's a kind of, it's a coming of age novel um, in Working class uh, Scotland in the Thatcher era—it's a kind of um, a, a kitchen sink novel, as we would call it, um, where the the close details of working class life are are described with real skill, and and also the the one might say the uh, uh, psychopathology of family life is explored in in very arresting detail as well. The novel is entitled Closed Doors by Lisa O'Donnell from HarperCollins, and it's reviewed in our pages by Elizabeth Powers. And uh, Abby Schachter, who writes about television periodically for me, um, describes this week uh, an ABC program uh, entitled um, Selfie, which is a kind of one might say, a cyber-era version of Pygmalion or My Fair Lady. And Abby Schachter tries to demonstrate um, how close or how distant the parallels are either to Shaw's play or to the Lerner and Lowe musical. It was Lerner and Lowe, wasn't it, for My Fair Lady? Um, how close it comes to those two models and how close it doesn't and to what degree all of that is is translatable into the cyber era so whether you're a fan of the program or not selfie um, it's a it's an interesting kind of discussion of how those those themes are worked out in the internet era so this is the books and arts section for this week the december 22nd issue i as always thank you very much for listening in and Allowing me to talk a little, give you a little bit of a preview of what's in the section. And as always, I look forward to joining you again for next week's issue.